This is the Energy Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. That's what's going to be, I think, truly transformational to a lot of businesses. And hydrogen fuel cells enable a lot of use cases with batteries. By covering the surfaces in floating solar PV panels, you can not only generate electricity on site, you can actually purify the water. Welcome to MarketScale Energy. I'm your host, Sean Heath. You know, one of the key components in any sport is the ability to create a repeatable movement, whether that's a golf swing or a basketball jump shot or maybe a pitching motion in baseball. But that's just the beginning of being an expert in that particular sport because you also need to be able to adjust based on conditions. They're always changing. No two golf shots are ever exactly the same, even on the same day on the same course. Well, that type of mindset plays very much into the day-to-day work of my guest on the podcast today. He is the Vice President of Operations for UTSI International, Dwayne Clemenson. Dwayne, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Sean. I love sports that may have been apparent there, Um, and I think about them a lot, but I don't think about sports probably as much as you think about SCADA. It's at the core of a ridiculous number of industries, but primarily today I want to focus on energy. SCADA is something that you think about all day, every day. Is that right? That's correct. For quite a few years now. Let's talk about that just briefly. How has SCADA evolved during your career? The two primary changes are the uh, number of vendors in the industry. Uh, used to be that uh, there were many more smaller skated companies vendors that uh, produced a wide variety of systems focused on very narrow niches in the industry. And also those systems tend to be quite small because of the expensive computing power and the slow and expensive communication links. SCADA systems tended to have very small domains or areas of control. Over the years, there was great consolidation among the vendors, and so there's, there's really a handful of, of dominant vendors now in the industry. And the systems are so much more powerful now. Instead of small, localized systems spread throughout the country, many of the major pipeline operating companies have just uh, one or two major control centers controlling a wide uh, array of pipelines. What approach of the application of SCADA do you find to be the most effective with regards to the energy industry? What I think the best approach is, is to talk to the users and figure out what their needs really are. Uh, Although they're all in the energy business and in in our particular domain, midstream transporting oil and gas, they each have their own way of doing things. Their assets are different. And so the key element at the beginning is to determine their unique needs and their common needs. What's common among other vendors that, or other pipeline companies that do this sort of work? And what's unique to them to make sure you address those unique concerns with whatever solution is proposed? One of the things that you have to investigate or research from the very beginning is the data, how they use their data, how they gather their data. I'm curious, does that data influence the way that these companies approach managing their day-to-day operations? Yes, it does. Some companies operate fairly lean uh, data environments to where they bring up just the absolute, uh, ne- absolutely necessary data as they determine it over the years and operate in a fairly limited fashion that way, and, and they like to keep it that way. Other companies uh, have moved towards bringing in as much of the field data as possible using what they need to in the control center 
and then the extra data they can use for business users, engineering studies, and such. So there's quite a variety in both the breadth and the depth of the data that the pipeline companies bring up. I've always thought that more knowledge is better. I would always want to know every metric, every data point that I could find and gather it all and then figure out what to do with it. Is it just too cost prohibitive for some companies to take that approach? Well, there's a trade-off. <clears throat> Usually there's uh, limited communication bandwidth to the field devices. And also you want to keep your SCADA system very solid, very secure, very stable. And so if you keep it simple and straightforward and more limited data, you, you can have a more reliable operation. As you bring up more and more data, it becomes more important that you offload that data to other systems, not your SCADA system. You bring it up through your IT systems, through uh, other communication routes, whatever, to keep your SCADA system as clean, straightforward, and focused on the needs of the control center as possible. And all that other data you can bring in for other users through other methods. Yeah, because that SCADA system needs to roll along smoothly 24-7, 365, year after year after year. Exactly. And there's specific regulatory requirements over change management and uh other operations with the SCADA system that you need to be aware of where it, all this other data can be brought up in an unregulated fashion in a cheaper, more focused manner. Oh, I would not have thought about that. I would imagine that a SCADA system is not set it and forget it. No, no. You need a, a, a qualified staff and vendor to uh, monitor its health and keep it running well. And it's a, it's a real critical resource to monitor and control the pipeline. And you don't want to dilute it with a lot of extra requirements. No matter how important they are to the overall corporation, there's other ways to address those needs. One thing that you do at UTSI is you are extremely clear that you are a vendor-neutral consultant. How do you help companies navigate all of that complexity? We've been in the industry for quite a while. We know the vendors quite well. We know their strengths and weaknesses. And what makes a good system for one company, one pipeline operating company, may not be very well the, the right system for another one due to their requirements, due to their level of refining of the system? Are their communication links very limited and they have to make the absolute best use of them? Do they have a very fat network and have lots of capacity there? A different system might be appropriate. So by looking at the needs of the customers and the capabilities of the vendors and, and having this long-term knowledge of them, it, it helps us to uh, direct the customer to the best value for their dollar. I would imagine that also helps build long-term relationships of, of trust because the customer knows that the only horse you have in the race is the customer. Literally, your goal is to find the best possible solution, regardless of who the vendor is, for that customer. And that's got to build a lot of trust. Yes, it does. We have uh, numerous customers who've been with us for decades, and we've done very little advertising or, or marketing over the years. Most of it is most of our business is repeat customers or word of mouth uh, references from current customers to new ones. You deal, as you mentioned, midline oil and gas transfer pipelines. Is there a different way that you have to approach an offshore pipeline versus, um, I guess you would call it an on land? I don't even know the correct term. First, it's midstream, not midline. Sorry. But that's okay. And uh, there, there's a slightly different approach to uh, certain operations. Uh, communications to offshore pipeline facilities can be more difficult and more limited. Uh, placing instrumentation along those lines can be more difficult to get, again, communications and power to them. So there's some issues with that. But on the whole, uh, 
there there isn't that much difference between the onshore and offshore as far as the SCADA system is concerned. Are there any photographs of you in scuba gear working on? Is there any any of those that we could put on the internet? I'd love to see those if you have them. Uh, I've done some scuba diving, but not uh, for work, no. (laughs) That's a very specialized activity that uh, requires an awful lot of training. Once you start doing it for work, how can it be fun when you try and do it for relaxation? That's right. I would imagine that there has been a situation or two that has come up during your career where there's been some sort of push to try and have you not be vendor neutral. I would imagine that that any sort of discussions like that get cut off immediately. That's just not the way you do business at UTSI. We've been hired by some vendors over the years to provide uh, support for um, some systems that they've decided they don't want to pursue anymore. And we've, pr- uh, we've provided that support if we're proficient in those systems. Uh, and then a few times they've pushed us to help sell their current product line. And we've always resisted that and said, that's not our function. We're Our job there is to make that system that's in place run as well as we can, as long as we can. And if you want to sell them a new system, you go for it yourself. It could be said that you're multilingual. You speak geek, but you also speak C-suite. Can you talk to me a little bit about the challenges that you face when trying to incorporate those different lingos while trying to focus on getting everybody to understand exactly what the goal is? Sure. It's two different worlds, the technical world and the management world. And early on in my career, I I got my master's degree in business administration, learned a lot of the concerns and issues that arise in the C-suite and what their main focus is and, and how they need to get things done. And then when I talk to people in the technical world, of course, they have to get their projects uh, funded and approved and going forward. So they have to communicate back and forth, but they're very different mindsets. And I've had sufficient training in both sides that I'm able to bridge that gap. You've been working in this industry for 40 years. Skate has changed quite a bit. Do you find that vendor neutrality is not necessarily a buzzword, but do you find that is becoming the norm? Or are you guys still sort of the van? vanguard for that approach? I think we're sort of the vanguards. Most of the people have teamed up pretty closely with either one or a very small set of vendors and become proficient in that and then pursue jobs that that fit that vendor and pro- the vendor and products. Uh, we've, we've tried very hard to stay very neutral and whatever the projects are, uh, deal with the vendors and uh, products that are suitable for that, that customer. Is there a specific project that that's not, you know, NDA or super secret that you can tell me about that you're particularly proud of? Particularly proud of one system we did that was uh, very uh, technically difficult, uh, had, had a lot of issues as far as uh, field communications uh, and uh, unique characteristics of the pipelines. It was in a foreign country. Uh, it was a very old system, uh, all manual operations. And uh, we took them from all the way from manual operations to fully automated uh, batch cuts and leak detection and really got them a state-of-the-art system. And, and to go from a pure manual operation that was built, I think, in the 40s or 50s up to a current state-of-the-art system was, was a real good feeling to get them that great leap and have such a great system at the end. That's a success. Let's talk about a challenge. As managers and senior technical staff age out and retire, these pipeline operating companies lose vast amounts of institutional memory. How do you help fill that void? How do you help bridge that gap? 
we have the capability to bring uh, a lot of benefit to that area with our breadth and depth and long term. The struggle we have is the some of the new generation people coming into the pipeline operating companies have so little background in this area that they don't really know or appreciate what it is we're trying to convey. And that that's a struggle to try to get them up to speed quickly enough uh, before we lose their attention that uh, we're talking about things that they don't know about and don't, in, don't interest them at the time. I happen to know that one of your favorite quotes is, when your only tool is a hammer, every problem is a nail. Talk to me just briefly about how the breadth of experience that you have allows you to pay attention to each little roadblock that can come up during the length of a project. Sure. I, I like that scene in particular because I've seen too many cases to where they shoehorned some solution into a problem that wasn't really appropriate at all, but obviously that was all they had to work with, so they just had to make it work somehow. And I really appreciate the more elegant solutions where you look at the problem, you look at the entire available suite of possible solutions, and choose and configure the one that fits their needs best. And, and I, I really enjoy coming up with solutions that are elegant and meet all the criteria that satisfies the functional needs, uh, fits in with their budget, and it comes in within the, the scheduled time. It's, it's just such a, a good feeling when those things all come together when you come up with that great combined solution from the set of tools that you're able to work with. Now, if I were able to talk to you as long as I want to and get all of the questions answered that I want to, this podcast would be 47 hours long. We've touched on some really interesting things today, but we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. Where would somebody go if they wanted to get more information about what you do at UTSI International, and how could they reach out and contact you for more information? They can go to our website at www.utsi.com. Or they can call me at 281-480-8786, extension 107. This has been absolutely fascinating. And if you ever have anybody that, you know, has to call in sick, one of the scuba divers, I, I mean, I'm, I might volunteer. I mean, I, you know, I like to swim. <laughs> Today, it has been my pleasure to have a conversation with the Vice President of Operations for UTSI International, Dwayne Clemenson. Dwayne, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed it, and I definitely look forward to having a chance to talk to you again in the future. Well, thank you, Sean. 